live from the 2023 Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit. This is the 236th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. I am Gerardo Del Real, mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, here in person with Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. We're going to talk markets. We're going to talk sentiment. We're going to talk all things Beaver Creek. Nick, how are you, sir? It's great to have you in person today. Bit sweaty. If this is a, a therapy session, I think I need a massage session after walking uphill to get here. But a um, little ring around the neck. Nothing the dry cleaner can't cure. How are you? It, it's not all glamour and gold and profits. <laughs> it's actually some work to be done. Yeah, certainly in the in the terrain to get to the to the hotel here, and um, it's not all glamour in, in some of those uh, gold companies either, who have had a, a rough go, as we know, with the um, equities depressed well relative to to where the gold price has been. So. Um, maybe a tale of the haves and then have-nots if you didn't uh, raise money. I, I I think you're 100% spot on. There's two types of companies here thus far, right? The the sentiment is either great, we're cashed up, we're drilling, we're adding value, the market's going to turn when the market turns in the gold space. And then there's those companies that you know are lean and are going to have to really dilute in order to raise cash. And it's not looking so good, which leads me to believe, and I'll speculate, that there's probably some M&A in the works. I think a lot of the companies that have quality assets but have bloated share structures and have little cash positions are going to get start ta- going to start getting taken out for opportunistic levels because I don't think gold is staying at the 1900 level long. I actually think it's going to start breaking out here in the next couple of months. Thoughts on the gold price action? Well, it's done what we've uh, said it's been doing and it's done it again. So down around 1905, 1906, I believe, as, as we talk with a very strong dollar, um, that to me is the the sort of bottom of its recent range. Would be looking to to buy some stocks here, as I've told you, I've been doing recently, right? Yep. If you're going to sell the rip in gold, and then um, su- subsequently to this dip would be the rip, right? Um, uh, we're heading into October. Uh, typically or historically, can be a nasty month for stocks. We'll we'll see if that happens, and we'll see how gold responds. Um, uh, and then we'll see what happens in November because I do expect another rate hike, and 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 that might um, put a damper on any you know uh, reascension of gold to its top end of the range. And you know, lo and behold, maybe that would send it back down to the bottom end of that of that range, right? And um, but then I, I think that 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 rate hike um, brings us to the end of the economic cycle, and then is going to um, make the things happen that is going to give the not the economy, folks, the economic cycle. <laughs> yeah. Right, the cycle exactly, um, and that 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 will make the things happen that will um, eventually lead to the Fed to cut next year, um, which seems to be sort of the consensus here, and and my thoughts as well. And then yeah, then I think you get a really good gold bull market. The other big takeaway that I've had from the conference thus far is everybody's eagerness, and when I say everybody, I mean you know larger funds and major mining companies. Everybody's eagerness to really start redeploying capital into the copper space. I'm seeing a lot of positioning. Uh, we had some great conversations with John Black from Alderbaran and Regulus Resources. He had three days worth of meetings back to back and, you know, was very, very keen to point out to me that funds want to allocate for copper and they believe a big move is coming. I'm a big proponent in in, in the copper bull thesis. I do think it takes a few more months because of, you know, coming to the end of the economic cycle that you mentioned. But I think copper is going to get on the kind of run that it looks like uranium is now on. And we've been telling you all about uranium here for the past couple of months, telling you that the first moves typically are very violent to the upside. It's Thursday. We're here at Beaver Creek. Uranium right now is at the $65, $66 level. It went from 60 to 66 really quickly. 
There's 100,000 pounds on the ask. We said it was right at the, the breakout point. I mean, there was no resistance above on that. It had, it had cupped for so long. Absolutely. And, and, and again, you know, the, the, there's a valuable lesson here for those of you in the gold space that are frustrated. The valuable lesson being allocate capital to the quality companies. They're going to be the first ones to catch a bid. Um, I, I look at my uranium portfolio and all of a sudden, you know, things that were down 10 or 15% are now up 40 and 50% all in a matter of a couple of weeks. So uranium is looking great. It's early. I believe this uranium cycle is going to be one for the books. I've been on the record saying I think it overshoots. I think it goes all the way to 200. Um, but whether or not it goes to 200 or not doesn't isn't really consequential to me. Give me $100, right? We had a gentleman um, yesterday, Craig Perry of Advenza Capital that we spoke with, and he thinks copper is going to 20 to $30 a pound. I said, Craig, just give me 7 to $10 and we're going to do phenomenally well. Thoughts on the uranium space? Oh, gosh. I mean, we've laid it out there, you know, time and again over the past couple of months. Um, and really all the fundamentals that we've outlined are now uh, coming together very nicely. Uh, you were just saying before we recorded that on that, you know, that 66, 65 spread, there's only 100,000 pounds available. And um, it's not just utilities that are in there, right? I mean, utilities are going to start getting desperate, but there's also these um, trusts and funds and, and physical players and and even uranium companies that that are in there trying to buy in the spot market to fulfill contracts. So all that's happening very nicely. Um, you have countries uh, continuing to make announcements. I saw just this week Italy is wanting yeah. to to get nuclear back into the mix. So um, that fundamental country aspect of it continues to to fall into place. And so um, look, the chart on the on the spot price is 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 wide open now that we've gotten uh, to that sixty five dollar level. And, and so that gets very interesting. Um, the moves have been the moves. Um, you were telling me, you know, some some juniors were up 25, 30% today. Uh, if I look at like a Denison or, or I look at like an Energy Fuels, um, the, there's still move left to be had. Yeah. So um, I'm not a buyer here, but if you're a Johnny come lately, I would act sooner than later. Right. Uh, again, the importance of staying positioned, right? You have to be positioned ahead of the trend. And, you know, we, we try to preach it. I'm trying to tell you all with the gold space, this is the time to be adding to your list, to be establishing those positions. Um, Again, I say it all the time. It sounds cliche, but it's buy low, sell high. And you can't do the sell high part if you don't do the buy low part. I think this is the buy low part in the gold. Well, and you remember back in March when, <laughs> yeah. when energy fuels was down to, gosh, I forget what it was down to. $3. Yeah, right. And I was saying, like, now, now's the time to add to the Denison and, and the energy fuels, right? When, remember, there was the, you know, all the, the retail crowd on Twitter was throwing in the towel. I'm done with this fucking space, like uranium stocks, bullshit. Yeah. I'll take your energy fuels. Absolutely. And we're seeing a lot of that in the gold space. I, I look on social media and, yeah, I hear a lot of complaining. Classic contrarian indicator, indicator that it, it, it is screaming bounce to me. And so we'll see if that plays out or not. Names, you got some uranium names that you're watching. You mentioned uh, Energy Fuels. You mentioned Denison. I believe you're a shareholder of both of those. I have a shareholder of both of those. Um, the shareholder of Sky Harbor, and and that's in the letter. It's now well above where I would uh, have been telling subscribers to to buy, so they should be positioned. Um, Gosh, there's a, there's a, some quality uranium names out there. Um, ones that haven't had their move yet. Kraken, we're both involved with, and 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 uh, they're on the Resource Stock Digest site. Um, I think that one can have a lot of torque. And so, um, yeah, those are those are names that that I'm involved in and interested in. Latitude, I guess, would would be another one. Used to be uh, Labrador Uranium, and so um, I expect you'll see some new names um, coming out here soon, right? Which t tends to be the case on the on the Canadian yeah. Junior Exchanges. The way it goes. That's the way it goes. Back to copper. Um, give me your near term outlook. I know the midterm is is. I think we agree. It's clear as all day to me where where it's headed, right? But in the near term, if we're at the end of the economic cycle, 
and we have a dollar index above 105. Do you think there's a little bit more sideways trading in the copper spot price? Yeah, I do. I think I've been pretty clear. It's not going to break out above four quite yet. We need that end of the economic cycle to come, right? And then you'll have that flush. Um, and then we'll get our rate cuts. And so that that first and second quarter next year is going to be that time to, to really position, I think, in the copper space. And yeah, uh, 20 is ambitious. Goldman says 14. And I'm like, you, we only need seven, right? $7 pound copper to to make some of these plays really move. And so, um, no, I wrote some uh, some private placement checks early in the year. It was probably a bit too early. I'm content to hold those. But as far as building positions and sort of like the BHPs and the Southern Coppers and, and even like the Amerigos and things like that. Um, I'm content to wait a little bit longer. Okay. I'm, um, you know, and I, uh, as usual, I usually take the, the higher risk, higher reward approach to the copper uh, space. Hand and metals is by far my biggest holding. Uh, it's my second largest holding now in terms of dollar value and it, it, my largest holding in terms of how many shares I own. I will hold hand and metals for the next three to five years. I think you know, we're talking a $10 company in two to three years time. It's a 20 cent company today. So I'm perfectly content waiting a couple of years if I'm going to make those types of returns. We've done it with Patriot. We've done it with Bravo. Um, we were in early on Q2. We got in at the 10 cent round, wrote a check at 50 cents. I'm looking forward to writing a check at $2 and $5. And, you know, I think they're going to be hugely successful. So I say all this folks to say there's still a lot of money to be made in the critical metal space, there's a lot of money to be made in the copper space. Keep an eye on gold because I don't think this is going to last more than the next month or two. Gold below 2000. Yeah, gold's very interesting. I mean, um, I say it's range bound now, but it is going to break out north of 2000 when, yes. when the Fed starts cutting rates and we get the, the end of this you know, current cycle that we're in. Um, not to mention you have credit crises brewing. Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about commercial real estate. Uh, these regional banks aren't on sound footing as it, as it relates to that. And so... Um, yeah, gold likes that sort of volatility and, and likes that sort of, um, well, that uncredit worthiness or that, that credit crisis things that are going on. And, and you're going to see that play out in the coming, you know, six to 12 months. And so, um, yeah, it's time to, to, to buy and, and build positions in gold stocks when gold is, is, is on sale, not when gold is at 1975, 1980, but now when gold is 1900. Buy low, sell high, sounds easy. A lot of you don't do it do it. <laughs> That's the way you make money in the space. What else is on your mind, Nick? What stood out out here? Um, you know, sentiment is, is, is interesting, right? We talked at the beginning of this podcast about, you know, tale of two companies, the companies that raised money and the, and the companies that, that didn't. It's maybe even a little bit deeper than that. I mean, I've talked to companies that, that raised money who are still really lamenting yeah. um, how the market is responding to the news that they put out, whether that's um, a new resource or an economic study. Um, or even drill results, and and really just just waiting for the uh, the cycle to turn, and saying, uh, you know, we're content to sort of maybe slow down a little bit. I guess is the point I wanted to make, and because hey, we're not getting the response that we want to see to our catalyst in the market. Um, and then there's the other people. There's the other side of that that say we're going to keep plowing through, right? You were talking to Scotty Resources earlier, and he was saying, you know, we're just we're plowing through the treasury, and what, my job is to drill, and so we're going to continue you, drilling. Yeah, you drill twenty thousand meters, and I think that will eventually be be rewarded when we get that that share price back over two thousand dollars. So um, I like those companies that 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 are pressing forward, that that are being aggressive, and and that have those catalysts that, that are going to line up, you know, when I think gold is going to be higher, people that are drilling now that are going to expect results over the next three to six months that can clearly articulate to you, you know, what it is they're looking for, how much they're spending to find that and what success would look like. And so um, there's some companies that have done that really well that I've met with. And there's some companies that have done that not so well. I like it. We have to talk lithium. Um, 
Sigma put out an interesting release, right? They put out a release that didn't specify who was courting them, um, and they didn't specify what price levels they were being courted. Uh, but clearly, it's at much higher prices because the stock reacted by jumping some 20, 30 percent um, for a couple of days. And, and and so, you know, what the press release outlined is the fact that they have multiple suitors, multiple offers on the table. I've explained to Junior Resource Monthly, Junior Resource Trader, and Junior Resource Insiders, and anybody that'll listen, that I think, you know, a lithium resource war is brewing. And I think this is yet another sign of what's to come. And so, again, I hate to bring it up every week. I have to bring it up every week because a lot of you watch for the Patriot take. But there's just, <laughs> there's going to be fewer and fewer tier one deposits available for sale for companies like Albemarle, for companies like Pilbara, for companies like you know, maybe, maybe even a, maybe even a, an oil and gas company, right? That that that's cashed up. They want to get in, right? They they do. Exxon says they want to get in, and they're making inroads in the hydrogen storage space. You know, there was a, an article yesterday in a press release yesterday that they're taking a stake in some hydrogen storage companies. Mm -hmm. So th there's there's a lot going on on the macro side of things. Very favorable for lithium juniors. Uh, that that succeed and are successful in their exploration efforts and very favorable for the patriots of the world that already have a tier one deposit, despite the fact that they've only drilled a tiny fraction of that land package. Interesting news on the patriot front. Um, I'll share what I can share there. There there was a, a, a lot of behind the scenes um, conversations that were had in regards to the omnibus plan that was floated out. I understand why the company um, thought it would be prudent to do so. Um, I also understand those of us that um, weren't weren't you know completely on board with that happening. And uh, long story short, the company did the right thing and scrapped the part of uh, the plan that was the most controversial, especially on the Australian side. Different rules on the TSX and the ASX. And look, uh, my advice for the past couple of months to the company and my thoughts whatever those thoughts are worth, this 2D list on, on, on the Canadian side. I think it solves a lot of problems. I do believe that although the short position, the official short position has gone down over the past couple of months, I believe the naked short position is just now starting to be covered because I believe there's a lot of folks out there that are starting to realize that this talk of delisting on the Canadian side might have a whole heck of a lot more support than a lot of people are are, are, are thinking is the case. And I've said September is going to be you know a month of surprises. We've had them on the macro side with talks of takeouts and Albemarle, you know, paying up to six and a half billion Australian for Lion Town. And that looks like it's going to go. And, you know, then there's there's strategic investors that are building a position in Lion Town that might come in and try to, you know, snatch it from underneath Albemarle. All the macro stuff looks amazing. I think there's more surprises to come with Patriot. I'll leave that there. You all will see this next Tuesday. And so Monday, Tuesday, um, board meetings on Monday. Let's see what comes out of this board meeting. I think it's going to be an interesting end to the month. I'm expecting draw results. I know the, the, the assays have, have started to get processed. I know they needed to file that technical report in order to talk about what they were seeing with the assays and the core. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal end to the year for Patriot shareholders. Not a coincidence that the the share prices rebounded quite nicely here over the past week. So um, that's 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 my Patriot take. I know you're still a shareholder. Obviously, I still have the bulk of my position. Looking forward to an interesting uh, end of the month, I think. Yes, and we'll start to wrap it up because I know you got to go. It's back-to-back -back meetings at Beaver Creek, right, um, every 20 minutes. And so yes, sir. Um, everybody's running all over the place, and then we're going to have to do that as well. But just two quick things. On naked shorting, um, it's illegal, right? Um, it's worth mentioning that. And yes. it's just 
happens in the market and is generally accepted, but uh, people are starting to push back against it. Uh, you mentioned the potential to, to delist, which would um, you know force or necessitate some some covering and allow the shorts not to have their manipulation. And I was talking to a junior nickel company today who hired not an AI firm, but they hired like an analytics firm who who delves into the float and then uses analytics to see how many how many shares are short and discovered that like twenty percent of the, the 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 float is is naked short, right? And they're they're writing letters to the brokerage houses saying like, look, you're off sides here. You have to you know what's going on and. Um, they're starting to put the companies are starting to push back, so they're coming up with ways that you know they can force the shorts to, to cover right either um, spin outs where the the shareholders are going to have to take physical delivery of their shares so they can get their spin out shares or whatever it is. But and this is a known issue and so an ongoing problem with with Canadian markets. And then um, an update on critical elements, I guess I should say. We're talking about lithium in Quebec. I ran into the chairman here, um, and everybody's wondering when this financing package is going to come. And 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 he seemed. Uh, supremely confident that that it was coming uh, was waiting for some detailed engineering to get done um his name is eric zonsherb and, and and you mentioned sigma and and now there could be potential suitors it's interesting right because um there's lots of potential suitors for these companies automakers um battery manufacturers uh, more suitors than companies in deposit etc et and so um you know uh, it's no secret that you know volkswagen is out there looking it's no secret that uh, Volkswagen is heavily invested in in North Bolt, and and they're looking to get things kickstarted in um, Quebec, and so uh, you can fill in the 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 lines on on that sort of stuff. But those deals are are, are coming, and and there'll be a re-rating in that stock when that comes too. So excited to continue to be a, a shareholder of these lithium companies. Absolutely. I, one last thing, because you mentioned uh, spinouts, that 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 also has been something that a lot of us had advised the company is you know spin the non-core assets that Patriot has out. Because frankly, they're phenomenal assets, right? Pontex and a couple of those other properties would generate a market cap, I think, north of 100 million if it actually had some exploration dollars allocated to it. You're not going to take your eye off Corvette because that's a once in a lifetime or once in a generation discovery that, you know, still has a lot, a lot, a lot to unearth. But um, look, if, if, if you can spin them out, if you can force the shorts to, to, to take physical delivery of their shares, if you can then delist um that paves the way for a phenomenal phenomenal you know 2023 rest of 2023 and 2024 i think it's a i think it's a, a lot of good times coming i know it's been a, a boring period for the share price for for us patriot shareholders that are long term but again my, my little 40 50 price target i i i believe every month it's it's probably way conservative i think the end game is going to be a lot higher than you know a four or five billion dollar market cap let's go let's do it Supposed to remind everybody to to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all of the updates, rantings, ravings, podcasts, and opinions and editorials from our talented editors at Daily Profit Cycle. This was the 236th episode of Investing in Bizarro World. It's our weekly therapy session. Awesome to be able to bring it live from Beaver Creek. We'll see you all next week. Be safe out there, everyone. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.